Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. On this week's episode of Barbecue and Tech... We have an expert with us who will help you choose the right grill for anybody who's getting started with, well, let's say smoking, not grilling. I'm your host, Rod Simmons, joined by my partner in crime co-host. I would call him a pit master, but we have a real pit master with us here. So I'm just going to call him Chris Ashley. Chris, you want to get us going? Yes. And this is why I tell you, don't call me a pit master because I knew at some point I was going to get me a real pit master on this show. And uh, folks, I would love to introduce to you. My man from Tyler from Mason Dixon Barbecue Company. Hey, Tyler, how you doing? How you guys doing? We're doing good. So happy you took some time to hang out with us. So, folks, I want you to understand that Mason Dixon Barbecue is where Rod and I go uh, to get um, probably a good 50, 60, 70 percent of our barbecue supplies, whether it be wood, whether it be scrub, seasoning, sauces. Um, They're great folks over there. And uh Tyler is the manager of their Pennsylvania location. And uh, but we have the added bonus of him actually doing competitions and being a pit master himself. So we're going to have some fun uh, having a really cool conversation today. Tyler, how was it? How was the day today? Good, man. It was a pretty, uh, pretty busy day here. We're actually transitioning out of our uh, classes that we teach for the summer. Um, and then here in about two weeks. We're going to start uh, doing our lunches that we serve on Fridays. So we'll do like little barbecue lunches from like 10 to about sold out. And uh, yeah, so I was getting organized for that two week turnaround and, you know, just trying to get everything set up for it. Make sure all the ducks are in the line. That's so dope. And uh, the fact that they not only they, they sell smokers, they sell grills, they sell uh, sauces, rubs, wood. But they also have classes. It's one of the reasons why I really like these guys in, in the store. And honestly, I've you know just went into the uh, store, the location here in Frederick, um, over by me, and uh, had a great time talking to seasonings and you know showing off the the capabilities of the truck and how I was tailgating with the uh, electric uh, truck. So that was really uh, fun. Um, so Tyler, the one of the biggest questions that Rod and I get since starting this podcast is what type of smoker should I get? So from an expert's opinion, seeing all the trends kind of go up and down between offset and uh, reverse flow, and then you guys started carrying my type of smoker, which is the gravity uh, smoker. How do you walk a customer through getting a smoker? What what are the questions you ask? What are the things you look for? Yeah, so as soon as I get a customer that comes in and, you know, they're looking for their next grill, maybe they're looking to step up from like a gas or electric, something like that. 
um, one of the very first things that I ask is actually, uh, well, how much time do you have to invest in the grill? To which case they might say, oh, I got a fair bit of time to play with. Uh, I might not have so much time, but I still want to get, say, smoky meats, things like that. And I'm like, okay, uh, how much attention would you like to give the grill? Would you like to just set it and forget it? Would you like to experiment with some fire management? Um, or maybe would you like that old school charcoal, uh, kind of taste? So after I get a few preliminary questions, just like that, um, I'll try to tailor the customer or the person just looking around, honestly, to a grill that might suit their needs. Whereas we offer a vast variety of like stick burners to your old school Weber kettles, uh, big green egg Kamado style cookers. We got PKs, Santa Maria's, pellet grills, of course. Um, traditionally, though, I'll say, or actually the most trending, I'll say, uh, is definitely pellet cooker route is the direction that a lot of people want to go because not a lot of people uh, want to necessarily invest the time into, you know, something like a stick burner or managing fire. They'd rather just set it and forget it kind of thing. And a lot of times, more often than not, it tends to lean to pellet grills. Mm. So that that still seems to be what I hear a lot. And um, so the number one question when I tell people or suggest to people, if you know, and I kind of lead along the same way that you do, which is how much time do you want to spend in the fire management and and, you know, really working the fire is. uh, And so when it comes to pellet smokers, I do say, how much smoke do you want on your food? Have you seen the amount of smoke uh, that the food can absorb? Have you seen that improve over the years or is it still relatively on the lightest side compared to a stick burner? I mean, for sure, the the pellet grills produce smoke. Um, in my humble opinion, I don't think that they'll ever compare to the smoke that you necessarily get out <laughs> of uh, a stick burner. And I mean, that, that's even to say using say a Weber kettle and, and using wood chunks. Um, there's a difference between the way that the pellets burn versus way the way that, you know, wood chunks and wood splits burn uh, while they still might both be wood uh, in, in this instance. The way that the pellet cookers have their natural convection going, they have a fan, they have their igniter, uh, the, even with the BTUs that they put off is going to be controlled to a certain extent. So to say that you get, you know, clean smoke, dirty smoke, sure, it applies to pellet grills, but it not, not as drastic as it would to say stick burners. Um, and by that, I mean, pellet cookers mm-hmm. as a whole are going to definitely give you a lot lighter smoke flavor because there's not as big as a curve for that clean smoke, dirty smoke kind of thing. Right. Right. So, OK. So and I, I don't I, I tell people now, even though I tell you that you're going to get a lighter smoke, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's just preference. And oh, so yeah. I, I tell the story a lot. I had a buddy of mine who was looking to get a new. Uh, who was looking to get a new smoker. And I told him, you know, I was like, why didn't you talk to me before you went and bought a smoker? He spent a, you know, a good amount of money on it. And he was like, ah, I just knew what I wanted and I just went and got it. And I was like, yeah, but did you really know what you wanted? Because, you know, when he told me what t- he had a pellet smoker and I know his taste and what he likes, I was like, you're going to get rid of that thing 
um, before long. And sure enough, within like six months, he had sold it off and had bought another one. And then he was like, he called me. He had to tell, call me to tell me I was right. And I was just like, I just know what you like. And, that, and I'm not saying because I had the Mac two star general. Yeah. Um, and I loved that thing. It was great. I remember he had, I remember Rod was telling me, he was like, Oh, how long is it going to take your smoker to warm up? And I was like, uh, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> So that thing got the temp pretty quickly and it it worked really well. So I love that thing. So now when I was perusing some of your pictures and saw some awesome uh some wings that you were doing, I did notice that you you have a lot of barrel smokers. So tell me about the barrel smoker, because that's not one I've really ventured into. I've had some food off of it. Um a friend of ours that was a guest on our show, uh Tony, he had a couple of barrel smokers early on. Is that is that your favorite? Is that what you prefer? Are you talking about uh, my Weber Smoky Mountains. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So the Weber Smoky Mountains, um, I got into early on in my barbecue journey, and, and where I'm at kind of now with it, and even where I was then, is I firmly believe that I kept seeing all these people on, say, barbecue pit masters, and a lot of these Texas style barbecue mm-hmm. people uh, on YouTube. They they all kept going back to this Weber Smoky Mountain. Now we're talking. I don't know, 2012, maybe 13, 14, something like that. And, um, but I kept watching them and I was like, man, this is a, this is a good smoker. It's got, you know, pretty good airflow for what it is. Uh, three intakes, one exhaust, you know, it, it seems like it's got a really good mm-hmm. style to it compared to say like Brinkman or something like that. And, and back then, like there wasn't like pit barrels weren't as big, gateways weren't as big, stuff like that. Um, and even if they were, they were still like, Man, back in the day, six hundred, seven hundred dollars. Where I could get a WSM, a twenty-two inch, for like three ninety-nine. Um, so for me, that was a home run. Right. And I'm like, I ain't got to manage it as much as I did. Like, it, again, in my budget range back then, like an Oklahoma Joe or something like that, like an offset. I felt like I could manage the fire a little bit more. So mm-hmm. yeah, I lean towards I lean towards the WSMs. And actually, it's a sad story. My personal ones that I had and I used for competition for many years. I just sold them, you know, a guy bought them and they're going to be his new babies. He bought all three of them. I had, I had all three sizes and it kind of breaks my heart a little bit. It's a bittersweet moment, but uh, you know, right. I, they're, they're going to treat them well, right. you know, at, at least they made it to a good home. I was trying to give my buddy my egg and I was driving on the highway <laughs> and <laughs> And I didn't strap it in properly. And when I took off, that thing fell right out the back of my truck and it was nothing but porcelain oh. all over the street. I was sick to my stomach my because that was my, I had a smoker before that, but that was my first real <laughs> expensive oh. smoker. I was sick, man. You don't know pain until you're sitting on a highway and sweeping up porcelain while everybody's driving by looking at you. <laughs> it breaks my heart every time I hear a story like that. Uh, I'm, I'm fortunate my egg has never suffered such a fate, but I do have one question. So when you're trying to work with somebody on, on what they're going to buy, if I look at like a pellet smoker, it's super easy, but you don't get that kind of deep smoke flavor you want. But if you look at the, uh, I think it's the Weber Smoky Mountain or Kamado Joe or the Green Egg, the thing I like about them is that you can still hook up like a DigiQ or um, the Flame Boss or something like that. So you can still get that temperature control and full control over it. But do those 
do those provide you like a step up in the amount of smoke flavor you can get in comparisons to like a, a pellet smoker or something like that? Well, so I'll start off by saying, I'll start off with like, I think that, you know, wood and charcoal, like I said before, the wood and charcoal, uh, no matter which way you see it or the context, I think you're going to get more of a smoky flavor. Yep. But in regards to like using Flame Boss or, or Guru or, you know, Thermoworks Billow, something like that, um, I always I always caution people at first. I think that uh, they're a great tool to use. Um, you know, especially to help kind of maintain a, a steady temperature and whatnot. But at the same time, I feel like people become very, very dependent on using these fan systems. And uh, if they fail, they, they haven't adequately spent the time to learn the ins and outs of how their smoker works without it. So when it does fail, they're kind of like, oh, crap, what do I do now? Uh, so I, I usually tell people, give it a good six months of using your smoker as is, no attachments, no accessories, nothing like that. Learn its strengths, learn its weaknesses, its hot spots, its cool spots, and then maybe accessorize. Then once you get pretty decent at it and you know how to work with it, then go ahead and get like a billows or something like that just to make your life a little bit easier. But I mean, I'll be honest with you, like for my big green egg I have, Man, I could set that thing at like three in the morning and then come back at like three in the afternoon, five in the afternoon, something like that. It's still two seventy five rock solid, and I don't run a, a you know Guru or anything. I have a, a billows for it. I have Thermoworks billows, um, but the only time I really use that is in competition, and honestly, that's just to like try to give me a better level edge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it can be helpful to some people can be helpful to people uh, who's trying to get into it more, but just starting out, I try to tell people to shy away from it. So before Chris jumps in, cause I know he just wants to say, this is what I always say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to steal his thunder. I, I could not agree with you more on, on, on the kind of points you raise. I will say like with my egg, I, I mean, I've, I haven't, I haven't used anything on my egg and I think I've had my egg for probably over 10 years. But where it kicks my butt, and I, I like the fact that you say you can set your egg, get, get it to 275, and 12 hours later, it'll be at 275. And I can say that holds so true for me, except when the daggone wind kicks up. And you're like, what is going on? Like, my egg will just shoot up because all you need is the wind to be blowing in the right direction to hit that gap, and it just starts yeah. firing in. And that's the one thing where I say, if you know that you live in a wind tunnel, <laughs> which I feel like my backyard tends to be like a wind tunnel on those relatively windy days, then I, I, I like the um, those regulators. But Chris, I know that you're just like, shut up so I can save my piece. Jump no, on. You, you, you successfully ruined the moment. Good. No. That was my goal. No, but I, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, temperature controllers now that I've used them for many years. Um I, I am a fan of the Flame Boss uh, over uh, DigiQ, personally. But the number one thing I've told folks on this podcast over and over again is learn your smoker, learn how to do it, because inevitably power outage, you know, if it just fails on its own, I had one that went bad on me that replaced it immediately, but it did. That doesn't help me in the moment. So absolutely, learning your smoker and learning how to 
uh, how it functions and how it, how it rocks. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I was that we were both smiling when you heard it because he knew what I wanted to say and I knew what I was going to say. <laughs> Did y'all like y'all ever see that episode? I think it was on Barbecue Pitmasters. Um, who was it? Was it Diva Q and like her, her gurus went out or something like you know, that? I, I remember that episode. I think that right, was like season two panic. or season three. I don't know if it was like scripted panic because Danielle Bennett, she is a fantastic pit master. So it might have been like scripted, you know, panic. But, right. but that, I mean, I've seen that so many times. I get calls at the shop and they're like, hey, such and such went out. What do I do? And I'm like, well, okay, now's the time. Like, Smooth seas don't make strong sailors. You ain't got to know what to do. You know what I right. mean? Exactly right. So one of the things that, um, what you know, I try to teach folks through my experience, you know, I'm, for me, like Rod and I, we just have about 17 years of backyard smoking. You know, we've never competed, but we've ended up making some pretty decent barbecue. We have catered, you know, our friends events and stuff like that. And a lot of the progression that I've made in barbecue was by watching Pitmasters. As a matter of fact, the episode we last did was some of the best advice we've gotten from watching YouTube videos and Pitmasters and things like that. Um, you having the experience of competing and, you know, being a backyard barbecue and running a store and helping fo- and teaching a class. Um, you know, I've tried to, I've basically honed my barbecue from the best of the worlds that I like. So for my ribs, for example, I do prefer, um, the competition style rib more than a fall off the bone rib. How, you know, where do you fall in the line as far as what you do at home versus what you would do for a competition? Oh man, completely different night and day, night and day. Um, so it's funny when, when originally I started competing, I was looking up guys like Malcolm Reed, cause I know he did competitions, um, anything I could find on Mark Lampert, uh, you know, guys like that. And I was, I was really trying to, and of course, you know, Aaron Franklin, and everything, even though Aaron doesn't really compete. Um, he's done a couple competitions, but anyway, um, as far as my own cooking, I'm, Barbecue, competition barbecue is so saturated with flavor. It has to be. It's one bite food, right? You got one bite to give to the judge that's got to say everything you want to say about the meat. And it's got to be perfect in order to set yourself apart from everybody else that's trying to do it too. So I'm injecting, I'm marinating, I'm, I'm flavor layering with different rubs. Um, and it's good, but you start to eat like three, four, five of them ribs that are the competition side. You're like, man, this is sweet. You start to get almost sick from it. Mm. But on the flip side, whenever I'm eating backyard style ribs, maybe one rub on it, heck, maybe two, um, you know, those I can down, I can keep going. I can, I can taste the meat. Honestly, as, as far as competition barbecue, at the end of the day, it's a sauce competition. <laughs> Who can put as much flavor in a sauce? Um, you know, it's got a certain look it's got to have, but it, usually they like sweet barbecue. And like I said, it, it just, you eat a couple of those back to back to back to back. And you're like, I'm kind of done with this, which, you know, is why I like to turn in first. Just saying. Right, oh. right, right. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of times when you watch those competitions, they're trying to turn in right at the 
last moment to keep it the warmest. But right. I, get, I, I always felt like you did, and, I, and I've never done a competition. But if I get there first, I can stick in somebody's mind. If I if I was to pull something off, great. And you know, it, it, to I, I don't know. I, I'm I guess I'm kind of arrogant too. I like you know, no matter what it is, competition. I'm I'm ready to go. You know, I don't I don't kind of hold back. So that's kind of interesting that you have that same perspective. Go ahead, Ron. I was going to say, if you want to lose weight with barbecue, just cook competition style at home. You're good to go, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, so I, I wanted to ask a question. Chris, You, I know like if you think about like – and this is kind of a little sideways from smoking and more to grilling. But I know if you go to like places like uh, – is it called Chaps? Uh, Chaps, where they They're cooking over, I'll say, coals. And I know, Chris, you went, when you went out to see your brother, there was a barbecue place. You said you pulled in. They had – massive smokers yeah oh, charcoal make it's pit barbecue yeah where you're just getting that different flavor um is that well one i should probably verify they are it is like more of a coal type cooking like because it's a unique flavor you get with that that you don't necessarily get if i just pull out my kettle like my weber kettle and put kingsford charcoal on there what what's the what's kind of that different cooking that we're dealing with there so um, my take on it, at least, and let me say, yeah. it, it, people are going to hate me for this. I love Chapstick beef. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a different kind of barbecue. And honestly, I love different barbecue. But anyway, yeah. so what, what sets it apart is you got a guy who's going to be sitting over a fire pit. Yeah, it's going to be cold. Um, I'm pretty sure the last time I was at the Frederick location, like I seen a bag. It was like a big bag. It was probably like Cowboy or something. Like it wasn't even... It wasn't even that good a lump charcoal. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so you got a guy who's got all different kinds of meat. That meat is going to be dripping fat onto the coals, which, as you all know, puts off a flavor to itself. And eventually, if it keeps doing that, you get a little grease built up in there, it's going to start tasting different from the aromas, what's sitting on the grease on the um, grates themselves. So for me to pull out, say, a Weber kettle, a PK, something like that, and I'm grilling like, or I'm trying to make one piece of like pit beef or pit turkey or something like that. I'm not going to have that repetitive meat that's been on there dripping and marinating that essence that has already been accumulating over time. Um, now, that being said, if you want a good way to compare it, uh, for us, we have the opportunity to go to the Chaps Pit Beef in Frederick. And if we want to take a little drive, the Chaps Pit Beef in Baltimore, the original one. You can taste the flavor differences. Oh wow! From from oh wholeheartedly from that pit that's you know had all different meats on it for years and years and years. You know it builds up that type of seasoning. I'm not talking creosote or nothing like that, but it gets that flavor. You stick your head in one of your pit and you're like, oh, I've been smoking with cherry. This pit tastes like cherry. That's what I loved about my 22 WSM is I would only use cherry wood in it, and it you could smell that smoke from it. It's different from apple. It's different. Interesting. From Interesting. Wow. So, um, so Mason Dixon barbecue, how, how did that come to come into play? How, how, how does how did that get started? Because I absolutely love the store. Uh, I I love the stuff that you carry. It's just, um, it's just so much to explore. I mean, I have a, like my wife was like, can we get a container or a couple of baskets to contain all the rubs? Cause I've bought so many additional rubs <laughs> than what I've already had. So how, how does, how did Mason Dixon get started? Yeah. So Mason Dixon was the dream of a young man 
named Eric Forrester. He is the owner. Um, so back in the day, Eric used to do um, a restaurant. Like he was in the restaurant world. And he kind of got out of that and he started to kind of miss it. Um, but he was always kind of into barbecue. So he started doing barbecue competitions. Um, and I don't know, are y'all familiar with Carter Q out of Mount Airy? No. no. Uh-huh. Okay. So there's a barbecue restaurant called Carter Q out of Mount Airy. And um, shout out Chris Carter. He and Eric kind of made a barbecue team way back in the day, way before the restaurant was around. And um, they, they went around the circuit. You know, they were they were competing with some pretty big uh, teams out there. And then anyway, Eric started to kind of miss the restaurant world and, uh, you know, got tired of doing barbecue competitions and whatnot. So Chris, he kind of like they so they separated. Chris went and he opened up Carter Q and uh, Eric was going to actually open up a bar. And his wife didn't think he was serious because he met his wife uh, actually in the restaurant industry, too. Mm. And uh, he was like, hey, I'm open up this bar and grill and stuff like that. And at this point, like it had been like 20 years since he was, you know, in the restaurant. Room. And his wife looked at him and was like, if you open up a bar and grill, I'm going to divorce you. <laughs> so he's like, all right, I'm not opening up a bar and grill. So, and, you know, so instead, um, he opened up, he decided to open up a barbecue store. Um, he had some connections with uh, some of the some of the guys that we carry, like Meadow Creek uh, out of Lancaster, mm-hmm. PA. He okay. was real good friends with them. And um, that's where he got his original tank smoker. And so he kind of just started up a little barbecue uh, shop and kind of grew it from there. And um, yeah, that's how we, it's been 15, 16 years now. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I didn't even know you guys were there. Uh, my good friend um, over at Yard and Pool, um, they had a store. They have a store up here in Frederick as well. So I, was, I started out buying stuff there and I still, you know, talk to those guys and get stuff from them as well. But, uh, in fact, the owner went to school with my little brother. That's how I knew them. Um, but a friend of mine had came past your store and had been on me. He was like, you got to check these guys out. The right guys over there. And sure enough. And then Rod had found them finally yep. found you guys and headed over there. So once he had went over there, I was like, all right, let me go check these guys out. And I think one of the early times I went there is when I met you for the first time. We ended yeah. up talking for like 30, 40 minutes about barbecue. And, yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it's what I just, you know, we just hit it off and had dope conversation. And you were telling me about this, you know, you actually aren't never there. So it's kind of lucky in the end that, you know, it just kind of worked out that way. Um, so with, how do you guys choose which smokers you, you carry? Because it, you have a vast array. You do have, like I mentioned earlier, you have the pellet smokers there. You have the, um, the cold smokers. You have, uh, the gravity regular, bird. uh, gravity. They just started doing a gravity fed and then yeah, they have, have the, uh, offset smokers. So how, how do you choose which brands to go with and what type of smokers to go with? I mean, honestly, we, we do have a pretty rigorous process. Um, so to simplify it, uh, whenever we're looking at brands and, and typically it's usually me or, you know, the current Frederick store manager, her name's Amanda, you know, we'll be shooting stuff back and forth to each other, um, different things that we see and whatnot. Um, but anyway, it has to first off get approved by myself. Uh, Amanda and the owner Eric. 
Um, if all three of us sign off on it, great. But as far as actually looking at different brands that we carry and whatnot, um, obviously we got to look at price point, right? What, what, you know, is going to reach the economic uh, area that we're in. So the Green Castle, yeah, the Green Castle store is very, very rural. It's very, very uh, small town vibes, a lot of small business kind of thing. Whereas the Frederick, we get a lot of, um, you know, bigger city people coming in. So we're selling, you know, a lot of smaller grills. But on the flip side is we also got to look at, you know, the quality of the grills. Um, is it going to compete with something else that we sell? Uh, so on and so forth. So we're trying to cater to so many different aspects um, and, and spectrums there that it, it's really hard to narrow down. So let me put it like this. So uh, recently we, we brought in Blackstone in the last couple of years. And, you know, we stopped carrying Blackstone because it was hard for us to get product in. And for us to be able to offer a griddle, which, you know, has become super popular in the last two years. No, uh, I switched. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a game changer. It's become like almost a necessity to have in the arsenal. Yeah. But uh, for us to carry a grill became super important. So we were like, you know, what, what can we bring in? And I'm going to tell you, we've been searching and searching and searching. And it's hard to find something that reaches a price point that, A, people are going to want to pay. Because there's quality stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you bring in just top-notch grills, the average consumer is going to look at it and be like, mm, maybe that's not for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I tell people, you know, and I don't, I don't discuss it. Yeah, with just everybody. But when I actually tell people how much I pay for my smoker, they're they're ready to fall out. Oh Um, yeah, (laughs) you know. But uh, you know that stumps is no joke. But I love every ounce of that thing. You know, six hundred pounds. It took me forever to just to get it off the truck and into my backyard, and it's that's like fifty, sixty feet. But it was just so heavy and so hard to move. But once it's been back there, it's been great. But so yeah, Yeah, so. Finding that price point, I think, is that yeah, especially because in this area is probably you have a quite a bit more affluent people that can kind of step step up the coin, right? Yeah, and I think you you find over time the what people you know it's it's what people are willing to pay within the market, your demographic you're dealing with. If yeah, you're, for sure. You you might have you could have the most affluent market. People say, I, I'm dude, I'm not sitting there monitoring a smoker. Like just, they're only going to want to buy the pellets. Cause they're saying, I just, I literally don't have time to do that. I just want to do, but I do want to be able to smoke something. I got to go watch my kids. Yeah. You, you get it. It, it. it is interesting. One thing I was wondering for you is meats. Mm. One, where do you buy your meats from? Uh, is I guess kind of the first question. There's like three questions around meats, which is one kind of, do you like for like meat, certain types of meat, do you grind yours? Do you make your own sausage? Do you make your own burger meats? And if you want to talk about combos you use there, do you go to your butcher? Do you go to Costco? Do you just go to your grocery store? And then do you order online like and get like the Wagyu and all that kind of stuff in your, in your cook? So let's, I, I'd really like to understand as a pit master, when you're cooking at home, what do you, where are you getting your meats and what are you doing there? <laughs> all right. So I'll be honest with you. If I'm cooking at home, I'm probably going to go to whatever, you know, supermarket I could find and try to find okay. the best way to cut. That being said, um, I do have a few select uh, butchers I love to go to. And I, I feel like butchery as an art is just something that lately has been fading away, fading away. And it breaks my heart because I still love it. 
Um, you know, you can go to a butcher and find cuts that you wouldn't normally be able to find. And I mean, the internet's kind of opened that up a little bit too. Um, so anyway, going back to the, the topic, the, if I want to get fancy and I want to cook, say a Wagyu or something, um, you know, Kevin out of the butcher shop in Pensacola, Florida, uh, he's got some fantastic cuts. Um, you know, Malcolm's a big supporter of him. Uh, but I've also done Snake River, things like that. Uh, but typically, if I'm feeding my friends and my family, honestly, they're not going to know a difference between Choice Prime and, and Wagyu. Whereas we as barbecue people might, they probably won't pick up on it. They're going to think that Ar- Arby's Wagyu burger <laughs> that they came out with. <laughs> they're going to think it was the creme de la creme. <laughs> you know, um, but anyway, so that said, I do still like to go to butcheries. Personally, at, at Mason Dixon, we go to a, a little butcher shop called Penn, uh, Penn Avenue Meats. Um, I'm down in Frederick. Uh, we actually go to Wagner's a fair bit. We work with Wagner's. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like supporting it. If I'm trying to get a specialty cut, I know that even my local butcher, if he can't source it himself, like if it's not going to come from one of his cattle, something like that, uh, he can find it. I mean, if, whenever I'm doing competition, man, I was bringing in Australian Wagyu. Um, that was costing me like three, four hundred a brisket. <laughs> that was, oh no, it wasn't worth it. Um, <laughs> so if I'm eating it, man, I'm gonna get a choice from from Sam's, from Costco, and their primes aren't bad. I mean, sometimes I think that they're a low uh, prime, whereas you know I can even find high choice. You know what I mean? Yeah, when so, I go to Costco, I I won't buy Costco briskets anymore. I've sworn them off um, yeah. because they are just too inconsistent for me. Yeah, I, and, and you know I expect some deviation uh, from time to time when I'm smoking a brisket or whatever I'm smoking um, because you know no two things are going to be the same. But when I buy stuff from Costco, it's so out of whack. Uh, from the four briskets that I've done, that I just like it's just too hard to predict. And so I, I just said I'm not getting anything from them anymore. For me, brisket, I lot if I'm going high end, Snake River. Rod and I love their briskets um, from uh, Snake River, um, but I'm, we're definitely going to try out some of these new spots. I'm looking at the butcher shop, and I, I'm assuming it's just uh, butchershopdirect.com. I'm, I'm guessing. No, so the only way to actually get to the butcher shop is on their Facebook page. Okay, so uh, that was the other one. Okay, I right. did see the Facebook page. Yeah, it, I was yep. like, this can't be real. This is not a good Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, the only, this is the guy. The only way you can order is by calling him up. Like, they don't have an order thing, which I right. think is that's how it should be, at least with butchers. But as you were saying, Chris, I mean, I think that that's truly the difference from buying commodity brisket versus mm-hmm. what you can get from a butcher or an actual spot. Because that commodity, I mean, they're probably bringing in Excel or something like that. Right. Um, you know, so it's, you're right. It's going to be very inconsistent. But I'm glad you mentioned that because there's not a lot of people out there that understand that uh, every brisket is, is, it's not the same. You know, they're all different. You know, they're all going to cook different and stuff like that. Not so. bad for a ba- for a backyard guy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know your stuff. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> no, I, I like. I like the fact that you gave us the recommendation on a place to go that, again, all the listeners can do is take a look at the butcher shop. We'll make sure we include a link in the uh, show notes for that. 
because I, I think it's important. Like everybody wants, you're always trying to find different options and Snake River Farm is nice, but it's a, it's yeah. a grip every time you, uh, you go there and you buy something. You I mean, you, you feel in your pocket. So if you, it's not that you're looking to say, I don't want to pay any money, but if you could try to find, especially like a smaller shop that you can work with, you could buy and you get good quality. I think that's, I think that's what we're all trying to, trying to find. Well, you mentioned Rod actually about sausage and stuff. And yeah. um, so, I mean, locally, uh, I really do like Penn Avenue meat sausage is another place in Greencastle PA called Klein's market. But for all your listeners out there that, you know, they want to, they, they can't go to these places, obviously a good place to look up. Y'all familiar with Southside meat market in Texas? No, Southside oh. meat markets in Texas. Yes, sir. Y'all got to check them out. They do wonderful sausages. Like there's one where they even have like a, a sausage and it's stuffed with a jalapeno popper. Mm. It's, called, it's called like the some summer sausage. Anyway, they do fantastic sausages. They'll ship anywhere. Um, and there's tons of promo codes out there too for like 10% off things like that. Um, these are just places I've got, you know what I mean? Right. Now, so you don't grind your own sausages when you were going down that road or you just I, like, I did it and I'm over that. No, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't experimented with it as much as I would like to. That's something that's really, really on my radar. I watch a lot of, uh, I watch a lot of Chud's barbecue. Me too. Yeah, Bradley Robertson, man. Yeah, yeah, I started researching it, and that's the first video that came up with uh, with his uh, sausage. So I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I'd love to get more into it. I really would. So my last meat question: cuts. Like, I mean, everybody knows brisket. Everybody knows like ribs, and like you know, be, uh, whether it be St. Louis cut, baby back ribs, chicken. What else are you putting on your smoker or your grill? That's like Look, I you know all the mainstream stuff, but if you want to, you want to kind of like explore something else. If you're making a burger, some people say use short rib and and mix this with that, make a burger. Or if you're just going to do this cut, try this cut. It's not as as popular as everything else, but you're going to get some amazing flavor. Like, is there anything you would recommend? And it doesn't. It can be beef. It could be chicken. It could be steak. It can be pork. Just are there any cuts that you like to use because they just give you a different and better experience? Where people are like, man, what kind of meat was that? Yeah, no. So uh, it's funny you mention it. I mean, personally, I I get you to a point in any sort of culinary profession, I suppose, where you kind of get tired of the uh, the normal things. So for me, man, I I rarely eat brisket or you know pork or anything, you know, ribs or anything like that. Um, so a couple of my favorite off the bat, uh, I really love as far as steak. I love skirt steak, man. Oh, mm, good. Yeah, steak. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's such an underrated cut. Um, but are y'all familiar with beef clod? No. What? Oh, okay, okay. Like beef shoulder, beef clods. I know that term. Have you heard so, it? No. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, originally, <laughs> people think Texas barbecue is all about the brisket, and while it might be to this day and age. Uh, back in the day, they were serving whatever cuts they could get. And oftentimes, uh, it was actually, you know, beef shoulder, beef clot, something like that. Uh, my Sam's Club actually sells it. It's just this big hunk of, it kind of it looks like a pork butt. Kind of like Yeah, a, I'm looking at it. C-L-O-D yeah. for anybody who's wanting beef clod, C-L-O-D. It's a great cut, man. I mean, cook that thing down. People were serving that slice. They serve and chop. Um but that's a really great cut that's not as expensive as brisket and you still get a similar kind of feel to it. So and do you smoke it like a brisket? 
Yes. Yes. Okay. You could smoke it, braise it. Um, you could do, you could make barbacoa with it. Mm. Um, but yeah, beef claws are really, really good one. I'm definitely gonna have to put that on my radar. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm super happy. You, we, we're getting some of the inside scoops to try. I like it. Yeah. That's right. That is so cool. So, um, in the future, um, actually, we'll get to that later. I, the last time I was in the store last weekend, I, I, I never come out of that store under a couple hundred dollars. Uh, and it's just because I just see, oh, they got this and I got this. So I just, even though I have a, a good meat thermometer, uh, I saw the thermopop there and I don't ever feel like I can have enough thermometers. So I scooped up the thermopop, which is kind of like, uh, it's the same company, uh, that Rod recommended on the last episode, Thermoworks, um, with their, uh, meat okay. thermometers. And, uh, this thing is just kind of, it's just a digital meat thermometer. And then I ended up buying a new, uh, a new lighter that hooks up to the small, uh, one pound, uh, tanks. What kind of gadgets do you use when you're smoking food? I mean, do you keep it simple, just lighter and that's it? Or do you actually have some cool tech gadgets that, uh, kind of go along and just age your smoking? Yeah. So, I mean, my favorite thermometer, my favorite, and I'll be honest with you, I was pushing to bring in Thermoworks for years. And I, and I love Maverick. Shout out to Maverick. They stuck by us for many years, but I've loved Thermoworks uh, for a long time. But anyway, um, yeah, Thermoworks is a fantastic thermometer. If you're not familiar with the brand, uh, check them out, look them up. Um, you know, obviously we sell them. I, I think they're very, very accurate to, I think it was like point point two degrees of, you know, um, but anyway, Besides that, um, right, you're talking about that little that little torch that hooks into the Coleman uh, propane tank bottles. Yep, yep. Because I, I, the one that I have, I have a bigger. I actually have like a weed torch. Yeah. And then, so I hook that with the hose to my propane tank, um, because it's easier for me to light my gravity smoker because you know the the coal downs goes down the chute, and then you got to kind of set the flame upwards <clears throat> to light the bottom of the coal. Yeah. So, so having a, uh, like the weed torch, I can just kind of lean it up in there. So it shoots the flame up lights perfectly and I'm good to go. Uh, so that makes my life easier, but I know with the eggs, a lot of people use like the, uh, loof lighters, um, and, uh, maybe just using the, uh, the little squares, the little, the lighter squares. Um, so yeah, I was just interested in uh, any type of tech, lighters, uh, thermometers, whatever. <laughs> See, I, I really love, um, maybe as far as lighting it, I really love the Weber wax cues. I mean, we sell a bunch of different mm. kind of lighter yep. starters. Those work um, great. But as far as having something, just for the backyard guy, uh, if they don't know, you know, what a charcoal chimney is, I feel like a charcoal chimney is something that's super oh, yeah. important. Um, I mean, for getting any, you, you shouldn't be using lighter fluid. Everybody kind of knows that. Mm-hmm. I um, hope. Yeah, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for me, honestly, I like to kick it old school. I do really like knives. Um, I think that not every knife is meant to be used for every purpose. I think um, specific knives have their specific purposes, and you should have right. a tool in regards to that. For instance, 
ain't going to use my my santoku or my chef's knife to necessarily slice my brisket or slice my turkey or something like that i'm gonna use like a long brisket slicer or something you know um but yeah i mean those are those are my personal go-to's man you can get super fancy with having like the multi-pro thermometers and things like that and i love it too but uh at the end of the day i think i'm just more of an old school pit master where i just like bare bones it you know what i mean um but yeah i mean we sell all different kinds of stuff at the shop yeah i saw you guys starting to step up the uh the multi uh probe th- thermometers which i think is cool you guys are carrying meter now you're carrying the one probe yeah. meters uh, which i am an absolute 100 percent fan of meters um that i love the fact uh, that you get the temperature of the meat as well as the radiant temperature around the meat i think that is such a bonus feature to have just because you know one of the first things we started talking about is understanding that the temperature on the outside of your smoker that the little gauge is telling you ain't the temperature that your food is smoking at you know so understanding what the temperature is around your food so important and oh, i love yeah. the fact that they combine that um you know i actually wrote to them and said hey i hope you guys actually add a controller because i love the integration that exists between a controller and the meat thermometer so yeah. um like you know when you do that with like um with the flame boss you can say when it hits this temp drop the temp of the smoker you know what i mean and you can't do that with meter by itself but an integration between the two would be fantastic so it's just just cool stuff like that you know i'm a software guy as well so just you know being able to have that type of interaction so you know before we wrap this up i got one more question for you you ready i'm ready i think i hope (laughs) all right Fat side up or fat side down? Ooh, ooh! You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna turn some heads here. I don't think it matters. <laughs> okay, that's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the I'll say that at the end of the day, uh, I always like to teach students you should put the the fat in, especially towards the point uh, to wherever the heat source is coming from right that fat can can act as a guard and everything like that but then you start getting into guys like down in texas and they're like oh fat fat's always uh um what is it fat's always up and i'm like i honestly i'm always cooking fat down and if you ever have any of my competition stuff it it's fat cap down i like to i don't want to mess up the bark on the meat you know what i mean that's what i'm gonna be eating so yeah, I probably just made a bunch of barbecue purists mad. But. <laughs> I, you know, we, you know, Rod and I are both fat side up guys, and you know, we kind of poo poo people that. But you know, the great Myron Mixon is a fat side down. You know, and uh, you know, while uh, what you call him from Texas is fat side up, and I tell people gen- what, exactly what you pointed out is generally the rule of thumb is you put the fat towards the heat source. You know, uh, to kind of protect the brisket. So, uh, but it's it's funny. So you're supposed to ask a question that's going to throw him off his game where you say, all right, so how much liquid smoke do you use in your food? (laughs) (laughs) I literally don't know how to answer such a stupid question. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I do want to, I want to leave at least maybe three seasoning pick tips from you because Chris and I have a very similar flavor profile we like on our food. So we tend to, when we're going through picks and we do seasonings, it's like, we exchange ideas so often 
it tends to like, yeah, I was going to pick that one too. But having somebody else on the show who doesn't know what we like would really love to know. Like, if you had to tell someone three or four or five seasons, especially because you guys have so many seasonings in your store, um, what would you? What what, what what are your go tos? Yeah, what are your go tos? What would you recommend? Like, you got to try this out. Like, it's fantastic seasoning. All right, so it was three. I can only pick three. You can go five if you want. I'm, okay. I can type as fast as you can talk, man. All right. So um, first things first, I think you need a good AP rub. You need a good SPG kind of rub. Um, my personal favorite is Boar's Night Out, double garlic and butter. Um, fantastic, super savory rub. It Honestly, that rub, I get more people hooked on than any other rub in the store. Oh, we got hooked on it. We yeah. Know <laughs> We, I put it on wings and it was just phenomenal. Okay. Yep. Big fan. It was funny because uh, my fiance, I got, she'll just sit there and she'll eat it like with her finger. Just, <laughs> she loves it. So, anyway, it's what I go for. Um, but okay. So then I think you need a good, dare I say, all purpose barbecue rub. And not every rub is all purpose. Uh, my personal favorite is Me Church Holy Gospel. Um, and that second close one is actually a brand uh, that's really famous on TikTok. It's, it's well, is this is this a E-rated show? PG-13? Oh, you can go PG-13, man. Okay. So it's called Meat So Horny. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I know. I know. He's super famous on TikTok. We were debating about even bringing it in the store uh, just because the name. But anyway, but the, the rub was so good. His all-purpose rub. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay. It blew my mind, and that's hard to do. I've, I've tried. It's so everything. many, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, second one, uh, Big Papa Smokers, Cash Cow. That rub has a lot of dehydrated beef base in it. Interesting. So oh, you said Big, Big Papa Smokers what? Be, Big Papa Smokers Cash Cow. Cash Cow. Yeah. So that rub has got a lot of dehydrated beef base in it. And it's funny because, like, a lot of people will be like, oh, yeah, I make my own rubs and stuff. And that's cool. You know, I, I experiment with making my own rubs, too. But I can't find dehydrated beef base anywhere. So that rub in particular really, really tends to wow people. That's what I'm putting on a lot of my steaks, my burgers, things like that. Yeah, it makes sense because I'm a big fan of injecting briskets with beef broth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. So actually it's funny you mentioned the beef broth thing. Um, have you ever done an experiment with using a brisket just with beef broth and using a brisket that's been injected with, uh, an actual injection that has phosphates and enzymes in it? Have you no. ever done it side by side? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. So. From my research, here's what I found, if y'all want to know. I do. Um, So as meat's cooking, uh, meat fibers are straining and removing liquid. Thus, it's a process of cooking, right? Whatever you inject with something as simple as like beef stock, apple juice, things like that, Mm -hmm. while it would leave you residual flavor, um, Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily retain any sort of moisture because it's a very thin liquid. Mm Mm-hmm. However, using an injection such as Big Papa Smokers, Butcher Barbecue, heck, even Meat Church got injections. Um, those things are typically a powder that you mix with a liquid, such as beef stock, something like that. 
And what happens is uh, the phosphates that are in those, they, they grab a hold of the water molecules and they hang on for dear life uh, during mm. the cooking process. That tends to result in a more juicier brisket than if you were to use just beef stock or apple juice, which Amazing. is something that I always teach you know, my students too. And, and we try to do a side-by-side comparison and things like that too, so they can see it. Um, but yeah, that's a cool experiment. Anyway. Very y'all, cool. Y'all got thoughts on it? Y'all like experiment with that? And- so I have my, generally what I'm experimenting with when it comes to inject, not, not to that level of using phosphates to retain the juices, but uh, I've learned over the years to inject with the grain. And then, yeah. uh, you know, it could it tends to retain more of the injection. And then I've experimented with um, using something thicker, like a, a, a butter. Uh, like and to kind of melt as it cooks and then just some of the season then retains in there especially with like chickens and turkeys and stuff like that um but never with the actual chemical reaction that could potentially occur well i tell you i mean if anybody wants to see like an example of this um mad scientist barbecue jeremy yoder him and yeah him and harry sue they got a video out where they're doing briskets and then actually on harry's channel um jeremy's teaching harry how he does his brisket where on jeremy's channel harry's showing the injections the phosphates and, and doing that kind i'm a fan of harry sue I, I i find his take on things interesting um especially incorporating his and that's one of the things that i love to do is incorporating you know, my family's jamaican so i okay. tend to incorporate some of my heritage and flavors into stuff i've been trying to perfect the 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 jamaican jerk rib for the last five years uh <laughs> and uh it's you know it's coming out good and i think the last one i did was probably one of my best but uh yeah so i do like harry sue and the mad scientist just you know that's where we learn to start messing around with the uh, um wagyu uh oh the tallow tallow yeah so yeah. we learned we learned that watching his channel um so yeah two two very popular guys that have a lot of uh experience and in, uh interesting videos very cool yeah i mean to go back to rod's original question as we divert i'm, I'm gonna throw tallow in that seasoning category too because i think that is fantastic in itself i'm a believer mm, in okay yeah for sure um, but anyway, rubs and going back to the rubs. Um, another one is is Luton Booty Gold Star Chicken. Um, that actually has dehydrated chicken base. Uh, Sterling Smith really did a good good job with that chicken rub. Um, which one am I at? Three. Uh, a little hidden gem. I think it's three. <laughs> you're doing good, man. Keep going. I, I, another one is uh, Butcher Barbecue Longhorn Dust. Now, this is a finishing rub. It's not meant to be cooked with. It is meant What's to your be barbecue longhorn dust? Longhorn dust, like the, like the yeah. restaurant Longhorn Steakhouse. Yeah. So whenever you're done cooking a piece of beef, whether it's a brisket, a steak, a burger, something like that, you take this, this rub, it's really fine powder, and you put it over the meat, and it's basically um, – another beef concentrate if you will it's going to make it pop um if i'm a firm believer in seasoning after you're cooking the meat too sure you know because you get a ton of flavor 
But this rub is very specific to it. And in the competition world, we call it a finishing rub. Yep. Uh, so usually that's one of my secrets that I got to always do for people. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I love taking like it, I, I typically prefer a dry rub. So I love hitting it with like a little bit more rub at the end and yeah. then uh, just getting that extra as long as, the, you know, long, long as it can take it. Right. You know, because some of the rubs obviously aren't meant to be to do that yeah but yeah so that's a really really cool i have to check that one out because uh i love i love brisket i just enjoy it or beef ribs you know two of my favorite things to smoke and uh so adding another layer and i'm you know one of the big things we talk about on this show as well is telling people layer your rubs layer your seasonings you know, get that different yes. flavor profiles as you buy it so or yes. as you eat it so yeah so having a, a but i've never I've never really experimented too much with the uh, actual finishing rub. So this will be a new venture for us as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is another level. It definitely takes it to another level. Um, and I mean, I'm pretty sure most of those rubs I mentioned has the ingredient that I'm sure scares a lot of people. And that's MSG. And, and I love it. <laughs> Uncle Roger said it's fine. Yeah. Uncle that's Roger right. said it's fine. So we're, we're fine here. I, I, so, I, got a, I got a big box of it in my cabinet. It's like, oh, it's okay. Okay. No problem. I made a star that, fry, dumped it in there. We're good. That'll tell you you're, you're cooking in the next level and stuff. Buy some, buy some accent. I'm going to tell you that's all what competition is too. Besides sauce is. I'm energy. sure. Yeah. They never, yeah. They never, yeah. It's funny because I started once I actually watched an Uncle Roger video more and more and I was like, I wonder how many of these rubs actually. And I'm like, oh, MSG, MSG. Yeah. Oh, little I was like, oh yeah, they're all using it. Okay, I got it, I got it. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I enjoy it. when I do something basic. Sometimes I'll sprinkle a little just straight MSG on top just to kind of give it that extra umami. <laughs> Tyler, man, I hope we can do this again. This was awesome. Uh, I can't thank you enough for hanging out with us. Um, so. How how do folks in your area, because you guys do classes in Frederick and you do them in Pennsylvania, how do folks sign up for classes with you guys? Yeah, so actually, um, a couple of years ago, we did stop doing it in the Frederick area um, because like some more complexes developed around it. and whatnot. Right. Yeah, they did build out the area. Yep. Right, right. So we just do them in our Greencastle PA location now. Um, the best time to get a class is around Black, Black Friday to Christmas. And I say that hesitantly and cautiously because I usually do 10 classes a year, um, open to the public and whatnot. Um, I'm not sure what price is going to be moving forward with them. But anyway, uh, they're basically every two weeks starting in May. Um, but anyway, they sell out pretty fast. So if you're really, really interested, you'll be able to sign up for it via our website, I mean, we get guys coming, like our last class, we just had one come from Missouri um, and Kansas City. So they come from all over. We've had a couple guys wow. from California and Texas come down. Phenomenal. Yeah. Hey, can they just go to um, to the website, um, the uh, Mason Dixon Barbecue, or do they have to go somewhere, somewhere else? Yeah, so they can go to the website. It's uh, com. Um, and there'll be a little tab to sign up. That link won't be available until uh, Black Friday, though. Uh, that's when we try to herd them all together, try to keep everything together. So, And we'll definitely add that link to this show notes on this particular episode so you guys can find an easy way to get back to it. Um, 
Yep. I, I, tons of the seasonings. I, I, while you guys were talking, I was gar- grabbing links for the seasoning and trying to catch up. I could type as fast. I just can't copy and paste all the links as fast. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so folks, if you're looking for some of these seasonings, if you're looking for some really cool gadgets, or if you're looking for a new smoker, go to, uh, go to their website. They got, you know, they've got great stuff there and, you know, and, you know, shout out to Amanda. She's just an amazing, uh, manager there and just a really cool uh, lady. I love talking to her. It's, she was the one that suggested for us, Rod, to do the, uh, breakfast for barbecue episodes and, uh, you know, we did that episode. That was her suggestion um, because and she's just as passionate as we are about it. So at one point, I'm going to get her on here, too. And uh, yeah, you got, she's shy, man. Granted, she whenever you're in person with her, she ain't that shy. I love Amanda. But like whenever she does like any sort of like, you know, podcast or she got to be on the news or radio or something like that, she gets really shy. So I'm trying to break her of it. I'm like, you got it, man. You got this personality. People love right. it. She got the great <laughs> person. Once she once she hears this episode and realize how laid back and how much of a just a cool conversation, she, she's gonna she, we're, we're gonna break her. She's gonna come hang out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And just for anybody who was saying, what the heck was that link? And trying to rewind, it's MD like as in Maryland, bbqservices.com. And yeah. again, if you're looking at the show notes, you'll have tons of links for many of the barbecue seasonings. We'll link you there, Amazon, all over the place. So, but a lot of the links will actually take you to their site. And also I link to Mason Dixon barbecue in the, in the, in the header of the show. So you definitely have the URL to get to uh, Mason Dixon barbecue's website. And uh, Tyler, uh, thank you so again so much, man. I really appreciate you hanging out with us, man. Great show. Great, great episode, man. I can't, and uh, hopefully you'll come back and uh, we can talk maybe some more specifics about, uh, you know, brisket or something else. Yeah, man, not a problem. I love it. It's super fun. I, honestly, my passion is barbecue at the end of the day. I love talking about it, you know, especially with like-minded uh, barbecue folks. So I'd love to be back on, man. Absolutely. Definitely. And Rod and I, at some point, we'll make the trip out there and visit you in a Pennsylvania store. Yeah, there comes Amy. All right, right, folks, we'll catch you guys on the next episode of Barbecue and Tech. Rod, you got anything else? No, I think this is great, man. This is fantastic, Tyler. I honestly thank you so much for doing the show with us. Hey, not a problem, fellas. Not a problem. Anytime. All right, we out. Peace. I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Thank you.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 